Another candidate, Frank, we have Justin Wages with us. I hope you're paying attention. You writing these things down, Frank? Oh, yeah. Okay. Justin Wages, you're running for, let me see here, House of Delegates. I'm reading this so I don't mess up like I usually do. And um, District 3. And that, what, what area is District 3? Yeah, so it's kind of a nice center shot of the county. Um, you get all of the city of Frederick, downtown Frederick, up into uh, Clover Hill, Clover Ridge, North Crossing area. Um, you also get Ballinger Creek. Spring Ridge, and it uh, goes on down 355 and 270 to take a nice little swath of Urbana as well. Well, it seems like a heavily populated area, but all these areas are supposed to be broken down with equal hither, hither and yon, so to speak. What, uh, what do you, uh, you know, how's you, first of all, how's the campaign going? It's going well. Um, you know, you win yourself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's been a learning experience. I've definitely enjoyed it. Uh, first time candidate, and um, you know, it's it's just been an, an interesting experience so far. And, Are you having uh, fun? Yeah, and hopefully it'll be a successful experience as well come November. The most important part is you have to have fun, otherwise it's not worth it. I've found that out, and it looks to me like you're having fun. We saw you in the streets, and you're doing a, you know, you're out there knocking on doors or whatever you do. How expensive is it for a campaign? I mean, where do you get the money from? It's, it's tough. Um, you know, like I mentioned, first-time candidate, I really don't have that uh, record behind me that attracts all these donors. Sure. Uh, you know, somebody like uh, Mike Huff, who's been in politics a while, you know, serving in the state senate and sure. legislature, uh, you know, he's made these connections over these years. And, you know, I'm kind of starting out at zero. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, tell me what you're doing on the campaign. What do you, what do you, uh, I don't know, have, we, have there been any debates? Uh, there haven't. Uh, I've heard something maybe in the works through the chamber. Uh, that they're trying to set something up for some of the state legislative candidates. But, um, you know, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, you, you, when you think about campaigns, you think about the presidential and the gubernatorial sure. and the co congressional campaigns, and they have legions of volunteers, and they have people conducting their fundraising and people uh, doing all their social media. But when you're county council or, you know, state legislative, especially first time, uh, it's kind of a one-man band. You've got the guy out here in the fair as a yeah. one-man band, but that's what it feels like. You know, I'm doing all my fundraising, uh, all my own messaging. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't do your own printing and stuff. You contract right. people for that. But, you know, Everything I'm the one else. coming up with the words on all, all sure. my stuff, yeah. Uh, is it what you expected? What's that? Is it what you expected when you first decided to run for the Republican uh, House? In ways, yes. In, in other ways, no. Um, you know, I expected that it was definitely going to be tough. Uh, you know, Democrats outnumber Republicans in my district about two to one, and there's just as many independents as Republicans in my district. Um, so, you know, it, it's been a little tougher than I expected, but at the same token, it's been um, it's been an enriching experience for sure. What are the people saying to you that, that, that they're upset with or they're unhappy with, I should say it that way, when you get to talk to real people about, you know, say, I'm going to go to Annapolis. What do they say? Well, why don't you fix this? What are they saying? Well, you know, that's um, one thing that I hear at the doors a lot, and even, you know, when I'm out in the streets or here at the fair or another event right. in the community, uh, is the concern with the economy. Yeah. Um, you know, inflation, uh, rising food costs, rising gas costs. Um, everything's going up, and um, you know people are maxing out credit cards. Uh, people are taking steps that they've never had to take before just to get by. And you know, unfortunately, there's not much that you can do from the state legislator perspective. A lot of those problems lie lie nationally. But uh, you know, trying to give people tax cuts so they keep more money in their their pockets and you know more money on their check at the end of the week. Um, you know, anything we can do to help lower that brunt of inflation. What, you, uh, what would you say your, your point? Now, that's what people are asking you. What would you say your 
you would like to concentrate on? What would you, when you get to Annapolis, this is what I'm interested in. What do you say? What are your uh, objectives or goals? Well, you know that that top one there. The uh, whatever we can do to make this uh, economically better on our citizens here, Maryland is uh, no doubt a tax happy state. You know we have. Uh, uh, tax on top yeah, of taxes. Yeah, we have an inheritance and a state tax. Yeah. We're the only state in the country that has both. Most states have one or the other. Well, not Maryland. You know, we have the joy of having, you know, yeah. a double oh, dip yeah. there. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, one of the biggest sources of revenues in Maryland are property taxes. Again, you know, that's not something we can really adjust, address from the state level, but uh, we can guide our counties. You know, we can, we can set some frameworks that our counties have to follow. And uh, so, yeah, the, you know, the low taxes and fees, that's definitely part of it. And then safe streets is another one. Um, you know, well, another I was going to go to that, the crime yeah. situation in the, in, in the country. You don't have to just say uh, this state, but the country itself. And, uh, of course, there were movements, as you know, over the last summer and over the last 18 months to defund and, you know, stop this and stop that. Do you have, have you reached a, 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 an idea of what you would like to see happen, you know, as far as law enforcement goes or as far as, uh, you know, 287G is something in this county. Again, you're would not, well. You represent the county, but you you know that would be yeah. something for you to consider. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely a strong supporter of our police force. Uh, you know, they keep us safe day in day out. Uh, they thwart a lot of threats. You know, go back a, a couple years ago to Catoctin High School and the situation up there that was thwarted by our SRO program here in Frederick County. Um, and you know, people that wanted to fund the police. Uh, you know, you defund the police, and it ends up taking away programs like that. And you know, to keep our students and our citizens safe. Um, but it's it's troubling when you get into those issues. Um, people don't realize uh, what a lack of funding truly does. They say that our police force needs to be better trained and well, more well equipped to handle these situations. Well, if you're taking money out of their budget, <laughs> there goes their training budget. Yeah, they they do can't do more training with less money. It's just infeasible tax wise what could you do in the house what can the, the the state of maryland do about taxes for example retirement is taxed here mm -hmm. in the state of maryland a lot of people as soon as they can get their retirement they're out of here and we lose that we lose we not only lose people uh, but we also lose that revenue absolutely there was a report by uh, bank rate mm -hmm. last year the end of last year that ranked maryland as the 50th best state to retire so 50th best that means last mm -hmm. and uh you know it's a shame it's really immoral that um you know our our citizens they've set their roots here and they have their children and their grandchildren and uh great great grandchildren in some cases I've heard that. yeah and they have to uh move away because they can't afford it you know say they've been living in the same house for 40 years and uh you know the assessments go up so so does their property taxes Absolutely. and you're living on a fixed income uh, same kind of thing i was talking about budget with the police the budget that you have personally you just can't afford to to live where you used to live and it's immoral to drive away our our aging population that uh you know has deep roots uh here in the county i think also when you were talking about I, I, just something struck me was we talked about the amount of taxes we pay death taxes we used to call them is that people can't, you know, you want to pass on your family business or your family farm, and, it, and it's, it's so cost prohibitive that usually, or at times, not usually, but at times, they have to sell the farm to pay the taxes. Exactly. And that's so, that's so sad to see, uh, you know, that we don't have that, somebody would have enough foresight to say, wait a minute, this is not how we're supposed to be doing things like this. And this, so uh, again, farming community you're in a farm area we know you may not be in your district exactly but this is a farm this is the largest land mass in Maryland and it's the largest farming communities uh, what do you see would be a good way to protect or to ensure that that is constant that we don't lose that 
Well, absolutely. I was taking a walk here around the fair, and you know, back towards the back, they've got sure. all those brand new tractors. And they had a sign, you know. See how much they cost? Yeah, there was a combine harvester, and it said $560,000. Do you want to buy this combine harvester, or you want to buy a new house? <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, you know, that equipment, um, you know, the estate tax in Maryland, I believe the threshold, so it doesn't kick into a certain threshold. I believe right. the threshold is $5 million. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about eliminating the estate tax, a lot of the uh, opposition is like, oh, well, you know, only the, the people that are millionaires get yeah. taxed at that. Yeah, but, right. but when you start looking at small businesses and farms, you know, if, if you own two of those combine harvesters, there's 20% of that right there, Absolutely. and that's not talking about the value in, on your land and, you know, the value of the other equipment you may own and the house itself. Uh, my grandfather's a small business owner here sure. in the state of Maryland, and, um, you know, he, he works in the petroleum industry, and he, you know, has plenty of specialized equipment and trucks and uh, just storage of... Um, Whole, whole bunch of different things that well, I've always will amount wondered, to well, wondered, way high. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, is you 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 live and you pay your property tax, you lay you pay your personal income tax, you pay your uh, as employee, your you know your FICA and all that, and then when you die, you pay a tax on what you already paid tax on. It's the same thing in the state work, and it seems like the, the state double dips anything they can do to get more and more money, and that would be okay and a necessity if we didn't have such a huge surplus. And what do we do with the surplus? What what do you foresee that that if you were in charge and you said, you know, we need money, where would you send the money? Well, yeah, it just came out uh, in the last week that Maryland has another multi-million, almost billion-dollar surplus this year. Um, and really, that money has to go back to the taxpayers. Um, you know, it's great. I, I know they contribute a lot of it to what we call the rainy day fund. Sure. And it's great to have a plan B. You know, obviously, uh, God forbid something like COVID happens again, and we have to dip back into that. You know, it's always good to be prepared uh, from a, a budgetary standpoint. But the money that's out there, it needs to be returned to the citizens, uh, whether that's, you know, it may the option may not be direct checks to the citizens, but... Uh, tax breaks. How about lowering the taxes? Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. We're talking to Justin Wages. He is a delegate, a Republican de uh, candidate for delegate in District 3. If I say it right, I'll probably mess that up. <laughs> We're taking a very short break. Coming right back with you. It's Free Talk Radio 930. Tim Frank and you. And We're with Justin Wages, who is running for District 3 uh, House of Delegates. Uh, Justin, tell us a little bit about the, this is a new district, right, as I understand it? Tell me more what's going on there. Yeah, um, the legislative redistricting happened, kind of the, the same process as the congressional redistricting that gave Neil Parrott a great shot at District 6. Uh, you know, the lines changed as well for, for the, the legislative districts. And, uh, you know, it used to be a two-member district. Uh, you know, we have two delegates right, right. now that represent Frederick. It's uh, Carol Krim and Karen Lewis-Young. But in November, we're voting for three. So it's a little bit bigger, about 40,000 more people than it used to be, wow. and uh, there's obviously more candidates. Well, it sounds like uh, you've got things under control. You've got them figured out. Um, what about, uh, what are you seeing? The, 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 have the dynamics of the district changed as far as uh, where the people are from? or anything? Are you seeing something different there? Uh, well, it's interesting because... The core of the district stayed the same. You know, downtown Frederick was in the district. It still is. Uh, but, you know, your, your areas like Bounder Creek used to be subdivided. Right. They voted for the same senator, but they had a different delegate. Right. Uh, but that's brought into the fold now. Spring Ridge is brought into the fold. Uh, Northern Urbana, uh, like I had mentioned earlier. So um, 
You know, there is an incumbent in the race, uh, Delegate Ken Kerr, Ken uh, Kerr Democrat. Right. Um, but I'd like to say he's kind of half of an incumbent because the only part of the current, the new district that he represented was the Ballinger Creek area because he used to have Ballinger Creek and right. Adamstown all the way down to Point of Rock. So it's, it's changed for him. Wow. So, uh, you know, he doesn't have the name recognition of a true incumbent in this race. And the best part is we only have to beat one of the Democrats. You know, That's there's three true. of them. Yeah. And, uh, and we'd take pick three. A, basically pick up a seat, would we? Or, yeah, 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 absolutely. And the last time uh, we had a state delegate that represented the city of Frederick, uh, that election was in 2010, uh, District 3A at the time, and that was uh, a man by the name of Patrick Hogan. Remember him very well. Yep, yeah, so. that's been a while, hasn't it? All right, now, one question for you, uh, Frank, a question for Justin? Or? Well, the only thing I would ask, uh, we're talking to uh, Justin, uh, wages for House Delegate in uh, District, District 3. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mr. Wages, I guess my question would be one of the very first questions we usually ask all candidates on the uh, first time. I think we had you back on in, like, January, but it's been a while. That's right. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about yourself. This is the first time uh, uh, running for office, but what's kind of your, your biography? What, uh, where are you from and what have you done? Yeah, so I was born and raised here in Frederick. Um, you know, I've been here my whole entire life. I'm not a transplant, as so many seem to be around this area. Um, graduated from Governor Thomas Johnson High School. Uh, but before that, uh, you know, I attended West Frederick Middle School and even Hillcrest Elementary. So, you know, I'm uh, from a diverse part of the county. Um, I graduated from Frederick Community College in 2020 and uh, completed my 40-year degree at the University of Maryland uh, just this May. Uh, graduated with a business management degree. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a ride, and uh, I actually started my campaign back last August. So my entire senior year of college uh, was spent campaigning, so that was fun, you know, uh, driving back and forth between College Park, especially with the, you know, almost $5 gas prices in my 2003 pickup truck that gets about <laughs> 10 miles a gallon on a good day. But, um, you know, it's, it's like I've said to Tim, it's been a fun experience and uh it's it's really been a ride and hopefully we can make this thing work when it comes to november 8th how do people get a hold of you justin if they want to reach out for your campaign and want to send you lots of money for the campaign how, <laughs> yeah, how, i need it how do they get a hold of you yeah so um you know, I have a plethora of ways to get a hold of me uh tell you know, us have... some of those plethora of ways <laughs>